In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Have you ever been appointed to anything? Appointments are usually made by powerful people, and uh, it's kind of an honor, like the President appoints Supreme Court justices, or maybe you've been appointed by the mayor for some special task or something. I, I, don't, I haven't been appointed to very much, I guess. I, I was appointed to clap the erasers when I was in grade school. I thought that was kind of an honor. Got to go outside and goob around a little bit, so there's that. Oh, uh, yeah, and, and I ran for uh, student body president in college, and I lost. And uh, my friend Craig Moeller won, and then he appointed me social committee chairman, which is basically that I'm in charge of parties and dances. <laughs> and uh, I know some of you out there are looking like, well, that's the mouse guarding the cheese, isn't it? Uh, so I was appointed. Jesus appointed 70 disciples in today's gospel lesson and told them to go on kind of as front men and prepare people in the towns that he was going to go to. He appointed them. And uh, then he, uh, you know, he, there were 70 of them. So that's kind of significant. There were 70 elders that Moses had to help him. There were 70 countries in the known Mediterranean world at that time. So this pretty much meant we're, we're going to cover the world here with this message that, that the kingdom of God has come near. So he appointed them to go out. They are disciples, and now they are called apostles. And you remember we talked on Pentecost, what's the difference? Disciple means one who sits at the feet and listens and soaks it in. Apostle is one who is the sent one, is the translation. The so, a, so an apostle is kind of a disciple with a plunger behind him. Boom, all right, go. Uh, and, and a lot of times um, that, that's a little difficult for us to look at. And, but he gave him a pep talk. It wasn't much of a pep talk, I'll grant you. It, it wouldn't have you know, excited too many people, I don't think. The pep talk went like this. Uh, by the way, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. And don't take anything along. Don't, you know, don't, no defenses, no purse, no food, no extra clothing. Just, just go out there and, and say the kingdom of God has come near. I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. If Jesus were a football coach, this is what his pregame speech would have sounded like. Well, guys, that other team, they're big and they're fast and they're strong, and they're mean. And they're going to get to wear pads, and we're not. <laughs> but go out and give them heaven, boys. <laughs> you know, not, not, much of a, not much of a pep talk, really, when you think about it. And yet, they went with that. And when they came back, they were all jacked up. They were all excited. They said, holy cow, even the demons submit to us. We're out there casting demons out. We're, we're healing people. This is terrific. They were all excited when they came back. None of them regretted being, going from a disciple to an apostle. None of them regretted it. They thought it was great. And one of the things we can learn is that until you live for something bigger than you, you haven't lived. Until you have a higher purpose and a vision than just you and your belly, you have not lived. You have existed only. These disciples became apostles, and they were living. They were really not just putting one foot in front of the other. They knew that they were doing important stuff, and they loved it. Okay, so that was great. And now 
we have to ask the Martin Luther small catechism question. What does this mean? <laughs> Remember that when you were in confirmation class? What does this mean? What does this mean more pointedly for us, for you and I? Well, I'll, I'll give you the short answer. We are apostles. Lutherans are pretty good at being disciples. That is, we sit at the feet and learn and soak in. We go to Bible class, we come to church, we read scripture, we listen to, you know, inspiring things. We, we're, we're pretty good at being disciples. What we traditionally are not as good at is being apostles. And I, I can explain why that happened. I've told you before, there's a reason for it. We had 150 years of history in Europe after the Reformation where there was no evangelism because everybody was a Christian. They were either a Catholic Christian or they were a Lutheran Christian. They were all Christians. There was no need to say anything to anybody. And then we moved to America in our ethnic enclaves. And the Germans worshipped with the Germans and the Norwegians with the Norwegians and the Swedes with the Swedes and so forth. And everybody knew what their community was and their ethnic group and they all knew where the church was and so there was no need to say much there either. And then the other factor is most of us are kind of from Northern European origins, and Northern Europeans aren't the most outgoing kind of folks that there are anyway. We, we have a, a joke in Minnesota that goes like this. It says, uh, if you're talking to a Norwegian, he's probably looking at his shoes as he's talking to you. But if you meet a real outgoing Norwegian, he looks at your shoes. <laughs> so, so, you know, there, there's that. Uh, Maybe we're not all that outgoing by nature and by ethnic background. Uh, but um, that's how we got that way. But that doesn't excuse us for staying that way. We are apostles. We are appointed. We didn't sign up. We weren't elected. It wasn't an option. We are appointed. We're the only plan the Lord has. He doesn't seem to have a backup plan. It's us. Now the problem is that in our culture now, if you look at religion in America, it's a much, much different landscape than what we had when I was growing up. There are now uh, more people who believe it's not a good idea to be religious in any way than there are who do. I was listening to Ray Suarez, who is a, an Episcopalian, and he's a journalist, and he said that there are 20 states now out of 50 where the biggest religious preference, when, it, when you, you fill out a, you know, a survey, the biggest religious preference is none. I mean, N-O-N-E, not N-U-N. None. Don't have any. 20 out of 50 states. They're mostly in the New England and the West Coast. So the middle of America still has some sort of deference to uh, a quasi-religious Christian sort of ethos. They, we, they still have around here some sense that, that uh, Christianity, even if it's kind of civil religion, is, is a good thing. It's okay. But we're headed the same direction everybody else is. The other thing that I noticed in looking at this uh, surveys and so forth is that younger people are staying away in droves from the Christian church because they, they want authentic relationship, but they don't believe they can find that in the Christian church. 
Another Pew survey showed that they asked young people aged 16 to 29. They said, give me three words that come to mind when you hear the Christian church in America. 91% said anti-gay. 87% said judgmental. And 81% said hypocritical. Now, you know, we, we certainly can look at that and go, but that's not us. Doesn't seem to matter. We are painted with the same broad strokes that everybody else is of religion in America. However, I talked to the campus pastor, Robert Abner, over at Ball State University, the Lutheran campus pastor, a guy who was a chaplain intern of mine. And Robert said that young people are very much interested in authentic relationships. They're very interested in it. They're not religious, but they're spiritual. They believe in volunteering. They believe in an ecology. They believe in peace and understanding. They're, they're very spiritual in that way. Now, here's where the Lutherans come in. If it is true, and it is, that they are looking for authentic relationship, that's what Lutheran theology has always been, relational. We have never been overly hierarchical, words coming down from on top like some. We have never been overly emotional. We're in no danger of that. We, we have always been relational in our theology and our practice. And because of that, Lutherans are particularly poised to speak to young people. But the problem is we have to speak to young people. Now, there's a way to do this, and I don't think going around knocking on doors and being a nuisance is, is the way to do it. People just call the cops. But, uh, but Jesus gave us kind of an outline for this. He said, when you go to a town, go to a town and say, peace be to you. And if they say, oh yeah, peace be with you, then stay with them and eat with them and talk with them and listen to them. Build relationship is what he was saying again. People don't really care if you come up and tell them stuff until they know that you care about them, until you have a relationship with them. You know the old saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Well, you know, that's, that's part of what Jesus was saying to them. So build relationship and nudge them towards, you know, where you're finding genuine relationship. Because most young people have their relationships online, which is nameless, faceless, and placeless. And here, they could see faces and come back and see them the next week and build on that and see them the next week. That's kind of good stuff. And we've got that. So my last word to you is, we are apostles. And this world needs us as much as the world of Jesus that didn't know anything about Jesus or the Lord. We're, we're back to that again. It's us. Get the plunger out. Go from a disciple to an apostle. Boom. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.